0: Welcome to A Way of Thinking. I'm your host, Jessica Huang. This podcast is a place of exploration to learn and grow from each other on the journey to becoming our best selves. Let's get to today's show. Our guest today is Jess Gill. Jess works full-time in the service side of the oil and gas industry, and in addition to that, she is also a Beachbody health and fitness coach, the host of the Money Your Way podcast, and the owner of Confident Clays, a handmade clay earring company. Jess is based in Houston, Texas. So welcome to the show, Jess. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. So excited to have you. So Jess and I were wonderfully introduced by our friend, Caitlin Callahan, who connected us because we are both podcasters and at the time when we first met, I really knew pretty much no one that had started a podcast. So it was really nice connecting with someone who also had kind of been on this journey and and had a podcast out in the world. So thank you so much, first off, for that, for kind of helping me along in that journey to to us now having you on the show. Yeah, it feels so full circle. <laughs> absolutely. 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 So I'd love to get started, Jess, with you kind of talking through what has your journey kind of looked like. I know you've been through some career changes, some shifts, and then starting all these different businesses. So can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, sure. So I think I'll probably start around high school. Math and science were always subjects that I loved. I was good at them. And Along that, just kind of came the discussion of like, what am I going to study in college? It seemed natural to go into engineering. All of my uncles and my dad were engineers. And so that's actually what I ended up doing. I went to Virginia Tech. I studied chemical engineering, hardest four years probably of my life, and graduated um, with that degree in May 2015 and moved from Virginia to Houston to start in the oil and gas industry. So I've been in the industry for Seven years now, full time. But what I've done within those seven years has changed. I started out technical. So I was actually referencing like my textbooks from college and I still kept all of them. And I was writing formulas and doing things on um, simulations online. And the company that I worked for had regular reviews on kind of your performance. But as part of that, they always talked about career development? And where did you see yourself going? And what did you see yourself doing next? I realized pretty quickly that although I was somewhat like proficient in the technical aspect, it didn't really excite me. Uh, One of the biggest things with that was kind of designing refinery equipment. And those were on five to eight year timelines of projects. It, kind of translated into thinking for myself, like if I didn't come to work today, it didn't matter. If I wasn't, you know, there for a week, it didn't matter. And even working a year or two on the same project, I didn't actually get to see it like happen in real life. And so I wanted to feel more important. I wanted to feel more connected to the work I was doing. And I also realized the parts that I enjoyed the most were where I was interacting with people. So all of that to say, I had actually requested a marketing role at the company, but they were going through reorganizations of their different divisions. And so my supervisor at the time thought it was not the right place and the right time for that change. And I ended up going into a scheduling role, which this is kind of the side of the industry that not everybody thinks about, but all of the different products of oil, starting from crude all the way to the finished products like gasoline that we put in our cars have to get transported. And that was kind of on the highest level, the job of the scheduler. You had a region, you had a product. I will tell you the feeling of wanting to feel important was a daily hourly thing in that kind of job. I actually handled finished products in the Gulf coast during hurricane Harvey, which I don't wish on anyone. They were really long days, a lot of problems to solve that I didn't have, you know, a solution manual for, but it challenged me and it made me feel really connected to my work. And I got really passionate about it because I felt like I was making a difference. The fact that I had a flight a week after Hurricane Harvey. I'm like, well, I'm moving jet fuel on these barges. Like That's the jet I need on my airplane. So this is personal. And as much as I enjoyed that part of feeling connected, it was also very demanding. It was 24-7. My phone was on during the night. I would get phone calls. And that wasn't necessarily a lifestyle that I was interested in. And in the back of my head, I kept thinking to myself, I still want to try out this whole marketing thing. I want to interact with more people in my business. And I had asked during that next career conversation to make that move. I was told it was going to take a few years and In all honesty, I'm go-getter. And so when you tell me it's going to take a couple of years and I've already waited a few years, I sought out my own opportunity outside of that company. And that's when I switched careers over to marketing with a different company and ended up on the service side. During that time as well, and let me just kind of like break away from the full-time job and sprinkle in some of the other activities that you talked about. I had moved to a new city and kind of was thrown into... Adulting, you know, going into college, I just remember everyone talked about, oh, I can't wait to graduate because I'm going to have so much free time. That's a load of bullshit. (laughs) Like, I wish, I don't want to say I wish I could go back to college because they were really, really hard days, but I wish that I enjoyed more of the time that I had that was free time to connect with friends and really savored those friendships that I had that had built like such strong foundations during those 4 years because now I'm in a new city my time you know is going to grocery shopping and figuring out you know keeping track of paying my bills and all of these like adulting things now I'm cleaning a much bigger space than just one room in college and I didn't really have a lot of friends outside of work in college I was part of a sorority and having that group of women that supported me that I felt had similar interests, was something I didn't realize I needed. I didn't grow up around a lot of girlfriends. I was kind of either studying a lot or hanging out with like the boys in the neighborhood. It's just kind of what clicked for me. And so having that in college was new, but I loved it. And I missed it when I moved to Houston. So that's where Beachbody actually came into play. We had gotten our puppy. This is my boyfriend at the time, now husband. We had gotten our puppy and... That was kind of unexpected. Uh, just quick little story around that. He had wanted a dog for a while. And since we lived in an apartment, I was like, well, we'll wait till we have a house with a yard. Well, I went to the adoption agency to understand the process of adopting a dog. I didn't grow up with a dog, neither did he. So I wanted to know what that kind of looked like and what to expect. I left that day with a puppy. <laughs> so <laughs> it was one of those things where It was thrown into our life unexpectedly. Obviously, my fault, but I wouldn't change it for anything. And it changed so much of our day to day lifestyle. Puppies, people say, are kind of like having kids until you talk to someone who has kids and they're like, yeah, no, it's not like having kids. But we were up at night uh, because he wasn't sleeping well. And I had to go home during every day from work. And then there was this guilt of leaving him. So, all of that to say during that time, there was four months that I was paying for a gym membership and I didn't go to the gym at all. And I was a year and a half out of college. I was still struggling to connect with a lot of friends. And now here I am kind of adapting a different lifestyle that was pulling me away from what I wanted. I was eating more takeout and I wasn't working out and I was kind of becoming lazy. So I had put on some weight. And that Christmas when I went home and realized like, I had to buy new clothes because I didn't have anything that fit me anymore is when I joined Beachbody as a customer, but I'll be honest. I went in with a lot of doubt. I didn't think that it was going to work. It was home, you know, home workouts. I was a gym lover forever. I played sports growing up, all different kinds of sports as a kid. And it had a 30 day money back guarantee. So I was banking on that to be like, I'm going to prove to you that this doesn't work for me and get my money back and I guess then move on to something else. I really didn't have another plan, but I had amazing results, canceled my gym membership and just naturally felt like I needed to start sharing it with people. And that's where my coaching journey began. It wasn't any crazy business building story other than it worked for me and I wanted to help other people discover this because I had such the wrong impression going into it that brought into my life a group of girlfriends that like I had said I needed they're all virtual but then later that summer I got to meet some of them at our annual conference and what being a beach body coach changed for the rest of my like adult years till now is that it really brought into my life a focus on personal development and growth. So that correlated perfectly with me changing careers because all of those years of being a coach and reading different books and attending seminars and trainings around things of gaining clarity on your vision. What do you want in life? Pushing you to grow and constantly uh, seek ways to serve others and just all of these different things that really you don't think about otherwise. Helped me be more confident in who I am and what I wanted out of my life. And that gave me the confidence to change careers because having studied a degree like chemical engineering and then wanting to go into marketing is very non-traditional. Um, not something that everyone understands, not something that on paper seems to make sense. But what I learned through all of that is sometimes it doesn't need to make sense to other people. It's about you having your one life and you making sure that you're waking up happy and excited and fulfilled and still being challenged. And that checked all the boxes for me. So that takes us to 2018. And then, you know, I continued to do my marketing role. I loved it. I was having a lot of fun. It made an immediate difference in my relationship, like me being happy and enjoying my job impacted my home life, which in theory, everyone like understands, but actually living it made, made a big difference. Then December, 2019, we got engaged and May, 2020 COVID happened. And we all know the world shut down, which in a marketing role where I was client interfacing, I was traveling. My life had evening work events. It had out of town travel. It was quite busy. And so being confined to home gave me some unexpected free time. I dove into my Beachbody business at that time because people were looking to work out from home. They needed community. That was doing really well. But I also grew up in a very creative household. My mom's an artist. That's her full-time passion and um, I would say career outside of being a stay-at-home mom when I grew up. And I just always did crafts around the house. I loved being creative. Kind of the thing that I landed into was photography. That was like a little, I don't know if I can call it side business, but a means of earning extra income during college. And I missed doing something creative. My life was so busy. I was so focused on my career at the time that I didn't have any creative outlet outside of um, everything that I was doing in life. So, I happened to be scrolling on Instagram, just like everyone else was doing during that time. A friend of mine from high school had gotten into like floral preservations with resin. It was beautiful. And she did a giveaway with a couple other creatives. And one of those other people was a polymer clay earring maker. I started following that girl on Instagram and she came up with all these unique designs and they looked so fun with different colors. I loved wearing statement earrings. so for my birthday that year in May, I treated myself and I bought two pairs of earrings and when I got them, I thought, I wonder how hard these are to make. Like maybe I can make myself some earrings. So I looked online and I did my googling and I found that I could get like all of the basic, not like top of the line you know mass production kind of thing, but basic for myself. Like $200, $250 supplies. And I thought, great, I'm going to try it. It's funny now looking back because I was telling my now husband or the fiance at the time, it's like, this is just going to be for me. He was rolling his eyes at this time. (laughs) We've known each other since senior year of high school. He knows me really well. He's like, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I just want to make earrings for me and have different, you know, statement ones because. Paying $30 per pair that I'm just gonna wear occasionally because they're so bold and all of that. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Well, two weeks later, I had made a hundred pairs of earrings and I look at him and I go, People are telling me I should sell these. He goes, I told you. (laughs) So a couple of weeks later, I figured out how to start an online shop through Shopify and I started selling them. It was like Honestly, totally bootstrapped, totally organic. And because I had built such a community online through connecting with people from my Beachbody business, and I had a lot of friends in my Beachbody community who were supporting of me, who shared it with their network, it went really, really well. And it became something that not only was a way for me to get away from screen time, in the evenings and do something creative, but it also was a way to kind of bring joy to someone else during their day. I made it a mission because I wasn't looking for, you know, a huge income out of this because it wasn't even the focus when it all started. I was looking to basically make minimum wage. I was like, this is the cheapest therapy there is during this crazy time in the world and i'm not going to sell a single pair of earring over $15. i want people to be able to afford them and feel like they can have these statement earrings for a great price. so they're 5 to $15 on my website. and it just has been a wild 2 years that i'm still making these when i'm able to and that then brings me to the last aspect of it where you talked about my podcast. so You can hear so far, nothing if my journey is anything about personal finance. That's the topic of my podcast. But a lot of these things kind of all overlap when you look a little bit deeper into them. So with Beachbody, there is an income earning opportunity that wasn't my focus, but that is a big driver for a lot of people who join kind of these side hustles, multi-level marketing companies I was exposed to a lot of people kind of for the first time who were talking about money in adult life. I grew up in a household that was open talking about money and saving and different things around personal finance, but that's not the case for everyone. So for me, it was the first time I was hearing people being open around credit card debt or struggling to pay their bills or wishing that Their car didn't get declined when they were standing at the grocery store. And I really hadn't been exposed to that before. The reality is that's actually a lot of people's reality. And so it made me realize, okay, there's this part of it. Now I've also built a second place of bringing in extra income, which I actually donate 15% from the clay earrings to charity. Because like I said, my focus there was all giving, but through those things, talking about money became something that I was doing in the background. I had friends just chit-chatting about money and I realized how much I really enjoyed it. So the whole podcast isn't about me saying the ways that I think money should be handled, but it's about introducing different perspectives in other people's journeys around personal finance to open up that conversation in a comfortable and fun way for people to realize like, This isn't a scary thing to talk about. And it's something that I feel like you should be thinking about, talking about with friends, with your significant other. And I want to show you that there's multiple ways to do things. There isn't a one way or the highway. So the podcast came around. It was launched in November 2021 and has been such a joy for me since then. I know that was a long version of it, but I wanted to kind of tie everything together there.
0: I loved it. It was beautiful. And honestly, yeah, it's so interesting because I can see how all the different pieces kind of like weave into each other when you talk through it. So I think that was perfect. I'm like, man, there is so much to talk about. I'm very excited. over here. (laughs) So let's kind of start in chronological order. I feel like that's maybe the easiest way to go about it. But talk through a little bit more about this whole career change. So I find it, first off, I find it so interesting. You actually moved company when you made the shift, I feel like that sounds extra challenging, right? Because I think generally it's like, maybe you can make a change, a career change within your company, but even then it's often very hard. And so to actually switch companies and make a career change seems almost impossible. So what do you feel like helped you be able to make that change? And, you know, I love the fact that you brought in the fact that like you got this confidence from doing Beachbody to kind of weave into there. But yeah, talk a little bit more about how that really felt to you and, and what that transition really looked like.
1: Yeah, sure. So I guess one thing that I didn't mention that is going to be helpful for understanding where that transition came from and how I found the company I work for now, my last role in the previous company was in the logistics scheduling role. That type of role uses services within the industry. so. What had happened with being in that side of the industry was I was networking with people. There were industry events because you interact with a lot of different counterparts and a lot of people. And it's really helpful to get to meet them in person and not just you know deal with emails and midnight phone calls. So through that, I had met people in marketing roles from the service side and just kind of got to know a little bit more about them and the roles that they were doing. So, I reached out to one of those companies who I was using the services of to inquire if they had any openings or were looking for another person in their marketing division. Thankfully, because I had been using that company and had experience and had networked with people over the year and a half that I was on that side, I was able to kind of get my foot in the door and have the opportunity to interview. It just kind of really went to show how important like it is to make connections and network and kind of never burn any bridge like ever mm-hmm. and no matter how big industries are things are always so much smaller <laughs> when you really think about it so many people know each other so for me it was very non-traditional that I wasn't like going on indeed or you know looking at job boards and applying and going through this process that maybe a lot more people are familiar with and Rather organically seeing someone in their role going, I think I would like that. And them kind of confirming, yeah, from everything you're saying, you'd probably be good at it. And it leading, you know, to, from one thing to the next of having someone to say, hey, I've seen what they're capable of, I've seen them interact with other people. That's kind of been something that I take away and think that isn't taught in school. You know, they they tell you so much on what looks good on your resume, when in reality, there's a lot of things that can just be learned on the job. But the things that are necessarily not captured by, like, you know, metrics of different job titles and things like that are those interpersonal skills, and they really can go a long way with a career transition.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So did you feel, because, you know, normally, obviously, it's like, we have to get schooling. We have to get certain amount of training. So, did you really just get on-the-job training? Like, what did it and and how did you feel confident in being able to kind of like do this kind of role that isn't something that you've been doing before?
1: Yeah, so very much on-the-job training. Um, my supervisor at the time since I've changed roles within the company, she was great about being able to say like shadow learn from the other people who've been doing this for a while and kind of develop your own style. The thing that helped me the most was I understood my customer because I was the customer. So I had been in their shoes. I knew what their struggles were. I knew what they needed help with to do their job better, to make their lives easier. And from being on the service side of the industry, the service is what can solve that. So it helped me to be able to communicate and speak their language, which really made the transition easy. Mm, Interesting.
0: And one thing I will say is it's interesting because obviously, as you kind of alluded to, like engineering versus marketing, very different parts of a business. And so do you feel like what kind of drew you into marketing is kind of, you were saying like, you feel like you're a people person, like, do you, what do you feel like was kind of drawing you in beyond that to, to something that's so different than where you had started?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I think for me, the the topic of marketing and maybe just that title can be interpreted as kind of different positions and different roles, depending on who you're talking to. It was almost a little bit of sales as well, like a selling the service and Growing new accounts in a business development sense as well that's a challenge. I'm an Enneagram three I like being a top performer um I like being challenged I like ner- learning new things and so being in that environment where you have ways to track your individual contribution is something that I feel like I kind of i want to say thrive in because it depends on what it is but i enjoy that type of focus and then you know the other thing is that i i do enjoy being a problem solver that's probably my favorite thing about the engineering like curriculum as a whole not so much the technical aspect of it and so being able to give someone a service that can solve their problems is still fulfilling That area for me, even though it's not engineering in the way that people see it. So that was really helpful. And along the aspect of like problem solving, I thrive in structure. Well, I went from a super huge, super structured, you know, fortune 500 company to a much smaller, fast growing private company. And there wasn't as much red tape. There wasn't as many check boxes and and structure items, but there was the opportunity for it to help people. So because things were kind of more flexible in the new work environment for me, I was able to introduce some of those things to the team. And that helped me a lot too, of being able to say, Hey, you guys thought about doing this? Like I used to do this on the other side and it helped us communicate better or whatever, track things. And then it's like, yeah, great idea go make it happen.
0: (laughs) Cool, cool. So yeah, I love that idea because I can see actually how that like problem solver element kind of goes into everything that you're doing, right? Where, I mean, where you're really introducing something saying like, I think this can help you in this way and here's why, right? Is kind of the, the element. I love that. Okay, great. So let's talk a little more about Beachbody then. So I love this idea of it kind of just like came into your like into your world as a need for yourself, and and the fact that you were kind of fighting it is so interesting. Can you talk like I love how you ended up becoming a consultant because you loved it so much, and you were like, "Let me help others." Love it. And the other thing I will say is, I can definitely see how COVID was very like beneficial to that kind of business structure because it's at home. So can you talk a little more about? how did this really kind of change you when you really became like adding that business element of it to your world? Like, what was that like, you know, having your full-time job and then adding Beachbody and being a consultant on top of that?
1: Oh, there's a lot I can talk about here. So, (laughs) you know, like I said, when I started, it, it wasn't focused on the business and I really was still very much on my own journey. I lost 18 pounds total in the first year and a half. And that That's was amazing. something where, you know, I was just showing people what's possible mm-hmm. from the business standpoint. Uh, they've changed different kind of, uh, programs and ways that they recognize people. But at the time when I joined, it was like a monthly recognition and you got for hitting a, a certain benchmark which was helping 3 people a month that you got a free item every month. It was like a tank top or a sampler pack or I think a cook a uh, cookbook and just like random little things. I love free stuff. I don't know <laughs> why. I just love free stuff. So I wasn't focused on the business and while my main focus was still just sharing my journey and inspiring other people, hitting that was exciting to me. And I hit that benchmark every month at the beginning when I was starting. And what that also translated to was getting a free ticket to the annual conference. I will be honest, the annual conference wasn't on like my horizon at all because I wasn't looking at this really from a business standpoint because I had a free ticket and it was in New Orleans and I was in Houston. I was like, cool, this is going to be an easy you know, travel situation for me that conference is what made it real Mm -hmm. for me. And the reason I say that is because the experience and exposure I had leading up to that from the team that I was learning from was a lot of people who were doing the business to replace their full-time jobs. They were looking to become like full-time coaches. They hated their jobs. And I didn't necessarily connect to that. Mm. I didn't know. Al- I also didn't connect to the aspect of struggling for the extra money. That was one of the blessings of starting my career as an engineer was a very secure salary. So it just was those things where I was like, well, that's all I know people do this business for. Mm. And then I got to hear one of the top coaches and like speakers on the stage during that year's conference. Comp- talk about how she used to be a multiple six-figure earner as a lawyer and she left her career to become a Beachbody coach and be able to stay home with her kids and let me like add in the income disclaimer here is that like no amount of income is guaranteed um as a Beachbody coach I mean it's all an aspect of hard work diligence and skill of each coach but to hear a story like that, that felt more connected and I could see myself in, made it feel like, oh, I can have a different story than the people on the team that I was a part of. So then I really started focusing more on the business and diving into different trainings and stuff like that. The biggest thing that really was a part of my life at that point was being called out by my boyfriend again now husband. I'm just gonna say his name's Kyle. It'd be a lot easier (laughs) to just say Kyle. But Kyle would call me out. He's like you're on the phone all the time. Like we would be watching TV and I'm on my phone sending messages. And he felt like I wasn't present anymore during our time. So I really had to learn how to adjust and that took things in our communication to the next level. Like I was like, hey, here's going to be my business block for the evening. And then when it hits nine o'clock, like that's us time and we'll watch our TV show or whatever. And if I am on my phone, you know, everywhere you feel like it's excessive, I need you to tell me, like I need you to be this outside looking in, calling me out on not maintaining the things that I've said I was going to do. Mm -hmm. that was huge because it was clearly going to become a problem. So that was one of the biggest things.
0: That's awesome. I did want to clarify. So when you went to the conference, were you all already like a a consultant with Beachbody at that point?
1: Yeah. So they've changed a couple things now versus when I signed up, but when I signed up, if you wanted the discount for the products, you became a coach. So within that first month, I became a coach immediately. And as I was helping people just by inspiring them through my own journey, I was bringing them in. So I was essentially like a coach and a business owner without feeling that way necessarily.
0: Got it. Okay. Yeah, because I I was just curious because it's like, Yeah. How it kind of became like an organic thing where you were like, oh, well, I love doing this thing. Therefore I want to tell other people about it. And then inadvertently you end up coaching and adding that in. Right. Yeah. And that's the
1: thing. I mean, Mm -hmm. multi-level marketing and all these network marketing companies, people have a lot of different opinions on. This is actually my second one. I did a like skincare and makeup company at the end of college. And What I really have to say about it is they all work. I mean, you can see there are people who have success in all of them. The difference in people's experiences is from from my standpoint is a couple of things. One, it starts with your own connection to the company's products and the company's like values. If you don't feel connected to those, that's gonna make your entire experience a challenge. And that was one of the main things with me for my other company the first time I did it I was not a very much makeup person like I don't put a lot of makeup on I am much more comfortable and kind of a bare face and so I had joined it just from the standpoint of having a lot of time my last semester of college and enjoying their products from the skincare side but there felt like there was a lot of pressure around that to do makeup parties and showcase the different limited edition lip glasses. And so I was dressing in a full face of makeup every day. And that just wasn't authentic to me. Mm. That's why that experience as a whole was not a positive one. And within four months I had quit and I was actually at a loss, like, cause I had bought all of this inventory. So Beachbody happening, not only did I feel like I wasn't going to get results and enjoy the home workouts, which now I haven't had a gym membership in almost six years. So, surprise to me, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but also the thing that I really enjoyed was that everything was online. So, I wasn't having to become an expert at makeup application or how to do workouts. Like, the experts were building the workout programs and I wasn't holding inventory. People were buying directly from the website and not from my you know, home. So those two things already solved a lot of the problems that I had from my previous experience, as well as me truly like wholeheartedly believing and being a product of the product from everything that Beachbody had to offer. Yeah.
0: I can definitely see how that makes a huge difference because you really believed and, and could see the results for yourself right of how this works for you yeah right so i can definitely see how that made a huge difference in terms of because that's something i think is interesting about sales right because when we're all like inadvertently selling things even when we don't realize it because you're endorsing the things that you love right just like telling your friends about it saying like oh my god this thing works for me And I love it. And so it's really, it's cool how you're able to add that and say like, this really worked for me. Like I lost this weight. Like I feel amazing. And here's how, like, and I'd love to help you with it too. So I I love that like kind of organic element to it, right?
1: Yep, absolutely. And you know, it's just one of those things where I feel like having that personal connection and, and still using the product and stuff. I mean, it's amazing. The company continues to innovate and bring new trainers and new types of programs. And now we have like a home stationary bike and all those kinds of things. Like it's exciting to be a part of because you get to solve different problems for different people. There are various nutrition options. There's tons of different supplements. So it's not just this niche market anymore of like home fitness. Like there's so many different pillars and that's exciting as well, because maybe someone loves doing CrossFit, but they don't have fitness supplements that they feel are working for them. Cool. We can still help out. And at the end of the day, I'm here just to support you living a happy, healthy lifestyle, whether that means some beach body, all of it or none. I, I just want people to be active and move and feel good because it, it does. It makes you feel so good. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. You mentioned when in your like intro about how this was kind of the first time that you realized like or having people that were interested in personal development like what did that feel like and look like for you?
1: Yeah so kind of at that point the only like personal development book that I had really read was Seven Habits for Highly Effective People and the first 90 days, which were both given to me by my dad as part of like starting to get closer to starting my career and being in the adulting world. My dad had given me those, both of those books, but I hadn't really heard about it from anyone like my age, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And so the first book that I was encouraged to read with, with the Beachbody like mentorship was The Compound Effect the whole idea of that book, which it's a fantastic book, Atomic Habits is kind of in that same bucket, is that the little things add up. Mm. And that's when it really kind of sinks in like, it's not necessarily all of these big things. And sometimes it is, but like those small things consistently over time does add up. And that could be in all different areas of your life, that could be setting you know a goal of drinking more water throughout the day, or being more consistent with your workouts, or maybe it's reading 10 pages of a book each day. Where these little small habits that are 10, 15 minutes, maybe 30 minutes of your time, when, when you read 10 minutes or uh, 10 pages of a book a day, it's not that much but you look at a month and you finished a whole book, you know, now you're making progress. And that kind of stuff, um, was really encouraging when it kind of feels like you're starting at the beginning and you feel so behind if you're in your head of comparing to other people of like, just keep going. This is a long-term thing and what you're doing right now matters. I
0: love that. I definitely attribute to that too. I'm like a big like habit tracker person. So, and I love that idea of it just being like every little bit counts, you know, it all just adds up over time. So that's, that's really cool. Okay. So let's talk a little bit. I, I loved your story around Confident Clays. I, I actually, I'm like kind of obsessed with it because I'm like, okay, I also am someone that loves arts and crafts and like, I'm huge into that stuff. So now I'm like, Okay, what's the little thing I could be doing that I can like build a little business out of like now, I'm like ideating on it. But, yeah, so I love that story. So, I guess, yeah, it's interesting because I, I want to kind of like build up as we go along. So, like, how much time do you feel like you're kind of putting into all these different things and And it's interesting because we haven't even gotten to the podcast, but it's like, yeah, I'm like curious. I love how confident Clay actually kind of acts as a relaxing tool for you, right? So, do you do you kind of like schedule everything or like what does that really look like in terms of like managing your time and like really finding like balance between all these different things?
1: Oh. Well, it's looked different throughout different years, I'm right? Sure. Like as travel has picked back up for me now in in my full-time job that has impacted my time and in 2021 we were planning our wedding, we got, well, I I don't know how people come out of wedding planning, feeling like they want to do that for a living. I will (laughs) tell you, I, I will never do that again, (laughs) or that's the goal. I just did not enjoy the process, but I think it's, you know, looked, uh, looked different throughout different phases of, of my life. And one of the things that has helped me find that balance is continuing to do two things. One, is ask myself, like, what are my goals? And, you know, how how does that translate to how I spend my time? And the second thing of reminding myself that I'm in control. No one's telling me how much time I have to spend on any of those things that you mentioned. Beachbody doesn't have a minimum number of hours in front of my computer. My clays, I choose when I drop my next launch and how much I produce. Mm-hmm. My podcast... I'm putting the pressure on myself to release an episode a week. Like there's no contracts in place. There's no pressure. And so sometimes when things feel overwhelming and it's the reality of like, I can't do it all or I'm choosing not to do it all. It's reminding myself that I have that control and that I should give myself those breaks when I need them. So I don't really schedule my time. I have gone back and forth on trying a ton of different planners and trying to do those kinds of things. I do enjoy some spontaneity in my life. That's kind of what ends up being the like continued pattern. Anytime I feel like I get too rigid in scheduling things, then I start to feel like I have to do them versus I want to do them. But there was a there was like a gap of a couple months where I didn't get to do my clays for a while. We went through a major house renovation project earlier this year. And I just felt like I was like at capacity of like stress work was building up. Things were really busy starting the year off. And then I got to a point where I was like, I'm not going to watch a TV show tonight. Like that's not going to actually relax me. I'm going to sit down for two hours and work on my clays. And it just took stepping back and asking those questions to myself and really deciding like what was most important for me. And then, of course, communicating that because how I spend my time, you know, living with my husband, like impacts two people. So that's one of the biggest things is that I think social media makes it so easy to feel like people do it all. I'm actually reading a book right now, or I, I'm all about audiobooks now. So I'm listening to it. That as a whole, I feel like summarizes perfectly how I feel about answering that question is that I'm doing all the things. I'm maintaining date nights, which is a huge, like, and, uh, you know, other things that bring me joy, like cooking and trying new recipes. But I might be changing every week what gets more time versus something else because I it just, it's not really feasible for me to do it all. And if anybody thinks that I'm doing it all, I'm sorry that social media has made things look so perfect. They're not perfect at all.
0: I love that answer so much. What was the book that you were just referencing? I, the audio might have cut out, so I, I don't, I didn't quite catch it if you did. No, you're it. good.
1: The book is called You Can Have It All, Just Not All at the Same Time by Romney Neustadt.
0: mm, I love that. Yeah. I I love that idea of what you were saying about like, sometimes we get too rigid and I feel like I'm literally speaking to myself as I'm saying this out loud, but we often can get too rigid and saying like, I need to do everything all at once. And, and I love the idea of like, let me give myself the flexibility of saying like some weeks I focus more on this and other weeks I focus more on something else. Well, I'm curious though, Your job, do you feel like you get to work kind of like a traditional nine to five or it does your job? Because I know you travel a lot. So does that end up taking more of your time certain weeks or what does that look like?
1: Yeah, I would say I work the traditional nine to five plus more. (laughs) There are times that, you know, with travel, I'm up at six in the morning out of the house to get to the airport, have a full day worth of meetings. And because I still do some client interfacing with my current role. Dinners can last three, four hours and I'm not back at the hotel until 1030 at night. So those are really long days. I am thankful for the flexibility to be able to handle things during the day as needed. Like if I have a dentist appointment and I decide to schedule it, you know, at two o'clock because that's when they had availability instead of fighting for that coveted 430 time that everyone else seems to the need, then I have that flexibility to just kind of work around it. So yeah, I I, I mean, I would say I definitely work more than 40 hours a week. I still work on weekends. Like I worked two hours yesterday and I'll probably throw in another hour or two today, but that's a lot easier when you like your work (laughs) and you feel like you're making a difference. And so that's the only thing I really have to say about that is I'm not necessarily pushing on other people, this hustle culture and working nonstop, but when you enjoy what you're doing and you feel respected and you feel like your company values you, it does kind of change how you choose to spend your time for your, for your job.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that makes a huge difference. So it's, yeah, it's it is interesting because I will say like I probably was one of those people who looks at your Instagram and goes like, "Damn, just does it all!" Like, how does she do that? And you know, and it is I, honestly, I think that's part of why I wanted you on the podcast, right? Is I'm like, tell me how you do it all. But I love that your answer is, "I don't manage to do it all." You know, like it comes in spurts and bits, and it's like you know, I I I think that reality is something that we do need to like express to people, right? And saying like, no, we we're all kind of ebbing and flowing as we need to. Right. Yeah,
1: for sure. And I mean, it's also, I'm competitive by nature. Um, there are different benchmarks as a beach body coach that sometimes I choose to strive for and they take extra time and extra focus. And some of those things too have been a decision as a household. I will talk to Kyle and say, Hey, here's the deal. I'm this far away from the goal for the end of the month. This is what the goal would mean for us and for, you know, the business and that kind of stuff. And I'm trying to decide if I should go for it or not. It means that we sacrifice our date night this week. And that instead of finishing, you know, my block of work at eight o'clock, I work till 10, the last three days of the month or whatever it is. And I'm just giving an example and we would talk it through. And sometimes he says, yeah, that's, he goes, I don't, I don't think that that's important enough. He's like, I'd rather have our date night. Like sometimes it's a difference of like a bonus on like a payout. And he'd be like, no, I'd rather have that time with you. And then it becomes, you know, a decision that we made together. And other times he'd be like, I can see that that really is important to you. And thanks for telling me. And I'm going to do my own thing with the boys tonight. So Mm. it has also really helped As a relationship, us communicate how we spend our time, what is important to us. And back to that whole thing of like personal development and growth, having a greater vision and knowing that what you're doing each day is bringing you closer to that vision has been more exciting for us as a couple because everything that we're doing, and when we do feel like we're working extra hard and putting in all that extra time, that sometimes feels like it's a sacrifice we are on the same page of why we're doing that and over time we look back and it's like wow everything we've accomplished has been a team effort and we celebrate that together
0: yeah I really commend you on like your relationship dynamic is so interesting because you are really openly communicating and it sounds like kind of supporting- That's all him.
1: He's, <laughs> he's the grounded one. We wrote our own wedding vows and he we, we didn't hear him until like the day of. And in his wedding vows, he talked about like supporting me in any of the side businesses and hustles that I start because I'm telling you like- I don't do these things on purpose. <laughs> like, and, and podcasting isn't necessarily lucrative for me right now, but podcasting has that opportunity. So he's just kind of like, all right, it's a matter of time until you start making money through podcasting, even though like, just with everything else that I've done, it's not necessarily the starting goal or focus, it just is how my brain works and what naturally seems to happen with the way that I, you know, put time and effort into different things.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, I well, I will definitely call out Kyle and say amazing job Kyle. But if, you know, <laughs> obviously it takes two to tango, you know, and I think that there's a lot to be said of like having that consistent communication and and kind of respecting each other and like what we want to be doing and pursuing and saying like, but is this working for us as a couple too, right? And so having that balance between like I really want to get this done and we Want to maintain our our relationship and and connection and everything?
1: Yeah, no, it, we we are a good team. I will I will say that we've known each other for oh my gosh, ten years now, and maybe eleven. I don't know. When you, you get to a certain point, you stop counting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's definitely like complementary. Like we're I don't want to say we're opposites. It's just, I would just say we're complimentary because yeah. he's gone through a career shift and he's a hundred percent remote now. Um, as of February. And that transition of really focusing on like, what kind of job are you going to get? What are you looking for? What's important for you? What questions are you asking during the interview? The negotiation aspect of like fighting for your worth when you're talking about salary and additional compensation options and bonuses, like that has been um, kind of a teamwork effort as well. And an area where I've been able to Maybe push him because he seems to sometimes not put as much value in what he has to offer. He's just you know focused on different things. Of like, I'm grateful for having had this opportunity, and I'm already thankful for what you know differences it's it's bringing to my life. And I'm like, but what if he could get more? And so we we definitely balance ourselves with that, and, and have seen kind of our strengths help each other in in the career. So for me, it's like balancing and slowing down, um, is what he helps me out with. And I maybe push him yeah. outside of his comfort zone a bit more. I love that. So
0: let's move on and talk a little bit about your podcast, which by the way, I love what you were saying about, like, there's no one right way. I feel like we have a very similar mentality. Cause that's actually my thought on the podcast on my podcast is that there's no one way of thinking and so that's why i it's like a very similar mindset around that so i love that so talk a little bit more about you know i i i don't remember if you you talked a little bit about your parents but talk a little bit more about like what how you came into creating it and everything and um and yeah just go into that
1: <laughs> yeah so you know i grew up in a household that talked about money comfortably as a kid i'm the oldest of two and we had an allowance starting at 10 years old. And that helped us starting to understand the concepts of saving of budgeting because our our parents blessed us by covering kind of what they viewed as our basic needs outside of, you know, housing and food. They covered everything with sports, anything with church, and then everything with school. But when there were things like girls went out and got their nails done that came out of my money. So it made me have to start thinking about, do I want to do that? Same thing with the movie theater. Like it wasn't all these streaming services back then. So you had to think, am I going to spend the money on a movie ticket? Or I'm going to wait, mm-hmm. you know, a couple months for it to come out and blockbuster and watch it as a family. And all of those decisions, you know, helped me as a kid build strong financial habits. I, like I'd mentioned with, with coaching, I was exposed to these people who I think we're more of the American norm, struggling with debt. It was blessed to not have any student loans coming out of college, another gift for my parents. And I didn't have any of that personal experience. And so I wanted to bring people onto the podcast from different viewpoints, from different stories. And there have been all kinds of crazy stories that I think it's important to hear because one, it might make someone feel like they're not alone. Like there was someone who talked about having paid off all of their debt, but because they didn't actually build any strong habits and they didn't change anything really in the way that they lived their lives and didn't understand enough, they got themselves right back into debt after that. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things where it's like, someone might make you, feel a certain way, but when you're given permission to be like, it's okay. And let's take what you have and move forward and make progress. I think that's really important. So I just kind of love keeping the focus on not necessarily like what's everything you did wrong, but like, what did you learn and how can other people take the lessons that you learned to help themselves? So that's been really fun. And plus like, Like I said, I'm not an expert in this area. So I'm learning along with other people about, I had someone, episode hasn't aired yet, but it's coming soon about like Airbnb investing. That was really interesting. Like that might not be an episode for everyone. If someone's only focused right now on paying off their debt, they're not looking at maybe that next investment opportunity, but other listeners might be interested in that. And that's something where I got to learn about it as well. Thinking, what does it look like? to have an Airbnb? What are the things you need to think about if you want to make money? Because it is a, a, a business you can make money in, but there's also things you need to know to set yourself up for success. So it was just a personal interest as well of continuing wanting to learn in that area. And it's more fun for me to do it on a you know conversation than to just read articles on Google.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love the idea where you're kind of opening up this element of Let's talk about money, which is often such a taboo, right, in our culture, and especially bringing it. I love the fact that you're saying, like, I want to ha- help people like feel more comfortable and and understand that, like, and listen to other people's stories, and and yeah, it's not a matter of like this is how it goes wrong. It's like how can we all learn from each other and and get better at at managing our own finances,
1: right? Yeah, exactly. I love it. I love it.
0: Okay, so. Is there anything else that you feel like we didn't cover off on that you would like to talk about?
1: You know, I think the only thing that kind of, I just want to like summarize it all is really helping people remember that like the focus needs to be on what you want. And it's not necessarily like a selfish way of thinking, but this is your life. And so if you're, you know, miserable and doing the things because it's what you think others want you to be doing. I want to just to challenge you to like reframe that and realize too, like the career shift for me, that was super non-traditional. And I remember being more nervous to tell my parents who paid for my college education in chemical engineering than to tell my boss at the time. But then now looking back, like they have actually seen how I am happier and all all parents want is to see their kids happy and so they're they've been so supportive they've seen how I've personally grown and how much I've learned and been able to accomplish and so I think it's one of those things where if you remind yourself like you know yourself best and you you really don't want to throw away opportunities and be living the rest of your life in like a what if story then then go for it and kind of play for yourself too. Like, what is the worst case scenario? Like, if I didn't like it and I didn't burn my bridges, I could go back. Like, what is the worst case scenario? And then what is the best case is that you come out of this like super happy, learning something and building a career in a completely different area. Like, it's, it's just worth it. And I, I think people are getting better about having those open conversations and being more encouraging but I still don't think it's enough. So I'm just sharing that out there that it's been a huge thing for me to discover the personal growth and what's important to me and then actually take action on that. And I've seen a lot of friends do the same. Like I know, like you said, with mutual friend, Caitlin, that's been awesome to see her make huge changes in her life. So um, I think it's just something that is a beautiful thing to watch others grow into.
0: Absolutely, I love that message so much, and it it is so true i I don't think we realize just how much we can change. You know, like you don't need to be trapped in whatever thing that is making you unhappy. I'm sure it's it's scary to make change, but the other side of that equation, as we're talking about, is beautiful right and And mm-hmm. it, it is worth it. awesome. So I have a couple final questions and You don't need to overthink them. They're quick and easy. So the first question is, how would you describe your current relationship to yourself?
1: Oh, I would describe my current relationship to myself as, I haven't thought about this. I would say like uplifting. I really do like to focus on what makes me feel good and I've actually been starting to incorporate different supplements that are helping me as well with either with stress management or uh different habits of like not looking at my phone the last hour mm-hmm. to keep you know all those like blue lights away and help my sleep better so really the idea of like uplifting my energy and uplifting me as a whole like what helps my body function that that's been my main focus of what I do for myself.
0: Amazing. All right. Next question is what is something that you are currently working on?
1: I am currently working on painting my master bedroom. (laughs) It's funny. One of the things that I love about being a first time homeowner is kind of being able to make the space my own. And what that has translated to is painting every single wall in this house. This is the last room that we haven't painted and we're finishing it today. So that is a project that we're working on and it just, it just feels good. It makes it feel like it's, it's mine.
0: I love that. I love that so much. What do you consider most valuable to you right now? And it doesn't need to be physical, but it can also be physical.
1: Really what's most valuable to me right now is is time. I mean, I think really in the perspective too of being able to travel. So Mm -hmm. I remember, you know, in college, like just kind of to categorize it for a lot of people, you have time, but you're broke. And then you start working and you have money, but you have no time because you're given 10 days of vacation so for me the the most valuable thing is having that that time to be able to explore because it, it brings me so much joy. So that's actually one of the things that I I don't skimp on. I take all of my vacation now because that is so important to me and I think it's one of those things that has added a lot of of joy to my life.
0: Amazing. I firmly second that notion. Everyone should take their vacation time. Okay, so next question is, what is the best lesson that you've learned recently?
1: Mm, I don't know how recent this was that I learned it, but it's come up a lot recently. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of at the forefront of my mind. And it's really the lesson of asking yourself better questions. Your brain answers whatever questions you ask it. So if you're asking it questions that aren't moving you, closer to your goals. It's going to make it harder for you to kind of find the solutions. But if you're asking questions, how can I make this possible or whatever it is, it will come up with the answers. It will come up with options and just that slight shift in wording and shift in mindset can make a big difference for how you think through things and how you approach different challenges. Um, and you know, for me right now, with just different things going on, it has been really helpful in helping navigate, figuring out priorities and stuff like that.
0: I absolutely love that. I'm like, I'm taking that lesson as well right now. <laughs> okay. Last question is, What is the number one skill that you believe everyone should work on?
1: Ooh, the number one skill? (laughs) You know, I'm going to put myself in this category as well is just spending less time on social media. I don't even know if I can put that in the category of a skill, but I know you're laughing because you're like, yeah, probably me too. (laughs) it's, It's just, it's not real life and it's taking away from our connection. And I was just talking with Kyle yesterday on like, how easy it is to be on your phone and 20 minutes, like poof is gone. Mm. And so there are days where I realize I'm so productive, like weekends where I'm doing different things around the house or, and I'm like, wow, why was this such a good day? My phone was in a different room. Mm. And it's those simple things of not only giving yourself more time back to like what I value the most of, but also being more present in the connections and the moments that you have in in real life. And that's what really matters. Like I see more and more people taking social media breaks and even saying like, I don't have all these pictures from this trip, but it was freaking awesome. Like that is sometimes maybe a, a skill that we have to focus on because it's so darn addicting. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I have a follow up question to that. Is how do you feel like that has been for you as someone who is very actively posting on social media?
1: Yeah, so it's something that's taught a lot through being a beach body coach of being able to have intentional time when you're in the app because it's actually a business building opportunity. I feel that I'm able to catch myself better. I mean, I'm still human. <laughs> the <laughs> once reels and TikTok all came around like and the algorithms are so smart, like you can get stuck in there. Things that have helped are setting timers or doing prep for those posts that are outside of the app themselves. So I could write the draft in a note on my app or like a note on my phone instead of in drafts of the app. But really it's just a constant work in progress. Like I'm not gonna say that I've got it all figured out.
0: Not at all. I love the tips, though, because I'm like, I need that. (laughs) But I love what you were saying about presence. It's so true where it's like we can physically be with someone, but we're not actually there. Right. And there is so much to be said about intention and presence and being really being with in someone's company. So I really love that
1: message. Yeah, definitely. Well,
0: that is your final five questions. So Thank you so much, Jess, for coming on the show and you can contact Jess through and follow her on Instagram. Her Instagram handle is it's underscore coach underscore Jess, right? Yep. Perfect. So thank you again so much for coming on A Way of Thinking.
1: Of course. I had so much fun. Thank you so much
0: for taking the time to listen to A Way of Thinking. If you loved this episode, please hit the follow button and share this episode with your friends. I hope some of the beautiful wisdom shared today resonates with you and perhaps creates some change in your way of thinking. If you are looking for support in your journey, click on the link to my website to book a free self-love discovery session. Remember that I believe in you and I am so excited for the day that you believe in you too. Let's continue learning and growing together.